the word apocalypse simply means revealing. Uh, that's why uh, the book of Revelation is also called the Apocalypse of John. Uh, it's revealing, it's revelation, it's, it's pulling back the, uh, the curtain and uh, trying to see what's happening underneath the surface. And I think that's what these times are all about. I think that there are uh, things that have been uh, going on below the surface, especially um, uh, within American Christianity, that, um, that these uh, cultural shifts are exposing and, and light is shining. That was Zach Hogue, author of a brand new book called The Light is Winning, Why Religion Just Might Bring Us Back to Life. Zach lives on the East Coast, but he grew up in Texas where his family joined a cult, like you do. And this book is all about the issues facing declining Christian churches. And while some Christians view the deterioration as a negative, a collapse, or a loss, Zach offers a different perspective. Instead of the finality of death, he sees the promise of resurrection. I had an awesome conversation with Zach about all those things and more. So enjoy this conversation. Well, here I am with Zach Hogue. Hey, Zach, how's it going, my friend? Going well. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, well, I'm so excited. You know, when I when I got your book, when you sent it to me, um, number one, the cover is killer. I mean, I know that's such a, like, on one level, that's a surfacey thing, pardon the pun. Um, but but like a like a good cover, to me, um, is such an important piece, you know, and when it kind of misses, you're like, ah. So the light is winning, why religion just might bring us back to life. First of all, killer title, killer sub, Thank and really, <laughs> the, the cover is awesome. So well done, Zondervan. Yes, but, Absolutely. So you, um, one of the most interesting things that comes up early in your book is that you moved from Miami to Texas and your family joined a cult. So (laughs) (laughs) talk about, you know, like you do, like you do. I mean, that's, 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 that's most of our stories. That's most of our stories. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, tell me about that. Like what, what, what was that experience like? Yeah. You know, it was, um, it was interesting. I I was about 10 at the time. And, and so, so old enough to really kind of be aware of, of everything that was going on, but young enough to not know, uh, what we were really getting ourselves into and, uh, and and having of course, no category for something like a cult, you know, I didn't know what what a cult was or, or what that meant. So, so it was, uh, it was really just kind of an immersion, uh, into this, this world that, um, slowly but surely, uh, you know, kind of began to dawn on me even at a young age, uh, as being, um, so, uh, controlling and, and harmful, uh, in, uh, the way that, uh, this, uh, community and this, this, uh, group of, of people as they were, uh, led by, by a very small group of dudes, um, operated and, and, uh, and then, uh, really be- 
and to sort of experience the long-term uh, impact uh, of that uh, on on my life uh, growing up, uh, even after we left the cult. So, so there really was, I think, a, a major uh, shift that happened uh, in my own life. Uh, it was a turning point, a pivot point, however you want to see it, and 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 really in a in a very destructive way. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the things I love about your story, Zach, is it shows um, it shows how a person uh, transcends and includes. And um, I, you know, I think you are honest about your past, but you're also um, you know you don't you don't throw five million stones at it. And I mean, you say it's destructive, but um, somehow you also handle it with with a sensitivity. Um, and so. Um, but, but one of the things you wrote about, because you did go through a pretty severe sort of Calvinistic phase where you were pretty yes. sure, you were pretty <laughs> sure about everything. So one of the scenes I love in the book is, uh, I think you're maybe you're at a ski resort. I think you're working there, but you're just sort of talking to some other people and it's 2003. Um, the second war in Iraq has just erupted and you're talking to a pacifist. That's right. And That's right. that seems like that was one of the turning points of um, your belief system. Tell that story. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, yeah, and, and gosh, I've run the gamut, right? So, I, so I really, it was, you know, having grown up in this sort of, uh, um, you know, high control, charismatic environment, and then. Uh, um, as a young adult, I grabbed onto Reformed theology and and Calvinism for all it was worth because uh, I felt like I you know I'd stumbled upon uh, something here that that I could really hold on to that my brain uh, could actually uh, make sense of where I'd been uh, so immersed in in, in nonsense. Uh, for so long, so this 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 uh, became a structure for me and a foundation for me that I felt like I could really uh, hold on to. Unfortunately, uh, what came along with that was uh, in in uh, the, the the Calvinistic and Reformed view of of God, and in the way that some of the modern iterations of this uh, attached to um, uh, culture war politics, I became very much this conservative culture warrior kind of young guy <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and even though I didn't really have uh, much uh, uh, of an you know a, a avenue for expressing that uh, at the same time uh, you know just in my in my perspective and in my life you know I, I listened to a lot of conservative talk radio and, and, and it was kind of man this is this is who I am this is what's, what's making sense to me uh, meantime I you know I worked at a, a ski resort uh, with lots and lots of, of, of progressive people and uh in, in a very progressive state of, uh, in vermont and so i had this encounter with uh, a, a ski instructor who had just kind of come on staff and and i was technically one of her bosses and uh and uh, we were debating this uh this you know new declaration of war which i was very much in favor of and uh and as I peppered her with questions, which honestly um, must have been intimidating for her, having being on her you know, her first day at work here, and and one of her bosses is, you know, having this in-depth political uh, debate with her. But uh, her response to my uh, argument for this uh, new war that we were getting into to you know stop terrorism and establish democracy in the Middle East. Uh, was, uh, hey, man, I'm, I'm a pacifist. You know, I, I believe war is wrong in all circumstances. 
Um, and I know that's not practical, but that's what I believe. And I, I just had never heard it said that way before and had also, uh, and I was also just struck by the spirit in which she said it. And I, and I really had no way to respond to that. It was, um, it, there was something that was inarguable about what she said and how she said it. I mean, in my mind, I could have formulated a million responses and, and tried to debunk pacifism, political pacifism as a philosophy or, or, or policy, but I, but I couldn't, I couldn't in that moment respond um, to the, to the, to the heart behind what she was saying. I knew she was arguing for something that looked more like Jesus and more like the gospel than what I was arguing for. Yeah. I, that, that passage struck me like that. Thanks for explaining that in that way. And that's, that seems yeah. to have affected the way in which you wrote the book, because that's mm-hmm. the kind of spirit that I get from you. Um, you know, it's not ranting and raving. It's not up on a pedestal. It's asking really good questions. And so, um, Zach, talk to me about like, what, what, what questions do you think your book addresses that are, that are Mm -hmm. pertinent to the, the crazy time in which we live? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, these are crazy times and it's in transitional times. I think we all uh, um, know that. I think we all perceive that, um, especially now after, uh, after the election, after, uh, um, just the, the, the major, um, uprising, uh, that has occurred, uh, on both sides of the aisle, um, for these, uh, very, very, very polarized, um, uh, perspectives, uh, uh, cultural perspectives, political perspectives. So, yeah, we live in these in these extremely transitional times and tumultuous times, and and I think the question um, that that my book is, is sort of trying to to get at uh, is um, you know what does this mean and what is, what is perhaps God trying to say uh, to uh, the church in the U.S. Uh, um, through these um, cultural shifts that we're experiencing and um, is there a message in that uh, that goes beyond just uh, well you know uh, the culture's changing, but the church needs to stand its ground. Or maybe the culture's changing, so the church needs to kind of adapt entirely and let go of everything that uh, we kind of have held to that might be distinct in some way. Um, is there something uh, perhaps that transcends the the uh, the cultural entrenchment and and uh, antagonism and the total accommodation and just kind of go with the flow? Is there something that transcends that? And I think that's what I'm finding in the idea of apocalypse. That that uh, the word apocalypse simply means revealing. Uh, that's why uh, the Book of Revelation is also called the Apocalypse of John. Uh, it's revealing. It's revelation. It's it's pulling back the uh, the curtain and uh, trying to see what's happening underneath the surface. And I think that's what these times are all about. I think that there are uh, things that have been uh, going on below the surface, especially um, uh, within American Christianity, that um, that these uh, cultural shifts are exposing, and, and light is shining on uh, a lot of these things. And, and a lot of them are the things that, that are that are 
harmful that have led, uh, at least in part, um, to the phenomenon, for instance, of, of, of religious decline in the U.S., where, uh, where the percentage of, of people who uh, are actively uh, engaged in, uh, in church uh, has declined um, uh, drastically uh, um, over, uh, since the turn of the century, especially. So, so anyway, th- th- this really is pointing us in the direction of something is being revealed here. Something is being exposed here. Um, um, this is a moment for us to listen, to open our eyes, to learn, to repent, reform, and change. And uh, if we'll, we'll heed the message, if we won't miss this moment. Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, I do. I, I agree. I think we are in this moment of revealing. It, it, and it does feel exposing. And I feel like so often the response from... Um, those that I'm going to say are heavily, you know, heavily invested in, in religious systems mm-hmm. is that thing that you said that, that, well, you know, we can't give in to culture. We got to, we got to remain yeah. true to the gospel. We got it, which, which is going to be offensive and it's going to, you know, so I feel like there's this straw man argument that gets propped up so often versus mm-hmm. it seems like, um, especially all over the old Testament and new Testament, the teachings are very particular to place and, 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 yeah. and culture, you know, like, so, mm-hmm. um, what, like, you know, let's, let's pretend that someone is trying to have a conversation with you. They're not throwing stones, but they're saying, yeah, but isn't our job to remain true? Isn't our job right. to, to stay firm in our foundations and not give mm-hmm. in to the culture? Doesn't the Bible even talk about that? Uh, what would you say to yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, 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 I think there is a sense in which I would say yes. Uh, uh, there's a sense in which I, I would, I would uh, affirm at least the impulse uh, to want to find rootedness and want to find stability in the in the sense of um, uh, what can we sort of really grab onto? How can we? find our uh, identity and uh, and the clarity of who we are as Christians in the midst of transition and change and 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 tumultuousness so yes in a sense we absolutely need to find deeper roots and we need to find the uh, the foundation um, that will sustain us uh, uh, even through these times and into um, the future God willing um, but it may not look <laughs> yeah. the way uh, that uh, some of the folks who would be arguing for that think it would look in other words it may not look like the status quo it may not look like the way things have always been in at least our, our, our you know, cultural memory. It may not look like what's comfortable and what's familiar. And I think that is often where that argument is really coming from. The dig your heels in, uh, don't conform to culture, be a counterculture, um, you know, go against the grain of, of you know, this, this supposed – uh, cultural decline or, or moral decline or whatever the the, the, the uh, context might be, it looks more like just hold on to the status quo at all costs. And and that is an illusion. Yes. That is uh, a, a, a self-deception. Um, the status quo 
is being revealed uh, by much of what's happening uh, now um, as uh, uh, dysfunctional, as, as no, this is in fact not the foundation uh, that we need to find. These are not the roots yeah. that we need in these times. And one of the Perhaps the, the, the other side of this great revealing, a time of great revealing that we're in right now, is that what is also being revealed is who Jesus really is. And that is where we have to find our roots. That is where we need to find our foundation, not in our perception of who Jesus is or our cultural expression of uh, Christian faith or Christian values, but in who Jesus really is as he is portrayed in the Gospels, and as he has presented himself to us uh, um, in uh, these stories of um, of his life and his uh, ministry. So that really is is where we need to find our our roots and our center. Definitely love it. Now, um, on that note, talk about the temptation to pick an agenda and then sign Jesus up to be your mascot, right? <laughs> I think right. that's really, yes. I mean, for any of us, and it's not just, it's not just the right, I think it's for the left as well. Um, mm. But, but, but talk about that. Yeah, you know, I, and, and I think, and I, and I think I am, I am obviously harder on the right <laughs> in this book, primarily because I think that's the more uh, um, visible expression of um, a Christian uh, sort of approach to uh, political engagement or approach to culture war. And, and, and so um, so that's where I, I kind of focus a lot of my energy uh, in the book. But you're right, uh, this, this can happen uh, um, uh, easily on both sides to um, say essentially uh, that either party um, – uh, Republican or Democrat, or or maybe maybe one of the uh, um, uh, smaller third parties, is in some way uh, the <laughs> accurate yeah. sort of de uh, depiction of uh, of Christian faith in a political uh, sense, and, and 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 that is always dangerous. That's always a step toward idolatry. That's always, and it's typically always a mask for just the human desire for power and uh and that is the the empire impulse that is within all of us to seize power and control in some way uh um in order to 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 um, um make ourselves feel significant and 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 to find uh, um purpose in in having power so so any seeking of power in the name of Jesus through political uh, party politics uh, is is going to take us way off track uh, from uh, from the kingdom uh, uh, political uh, ethic and expression. And so we've got to watch out for that. I think the other thing, though, that I would put in there, because there's a there's a common refrain at, at these days, especially that, well, you know, the kingdom of God is political, but it's never partisan. Hmm. And I and I get that refrain. I, I affirm it even. But I do want to add this little caveat. <laughs> which yeah, is yeah. This. If we love our neighbors as ourselves, well, that means that we're going to have to vocally get behind certain policies which will, in effect, 
connect us to some party, (laughs) to some, and and in that connection, we might be accused of being partisan, and that's okay by me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that, man. You know, as long as we're operating prophetically from the perspective that, uh, this is about the kingdom of God and we're speaking to the powers on behalf of, uh, um, the kingdom, uh, uh, politic of loving our neighbors as ourselves and lifting up the poor and oppressed. Well, Hey, I'm down with that. Yeah. Well, that's very Jim Wallace and, and, um, I would say Martin Luther King, you know, so that's, I think that's well, there's a good history there of, um, yes. you know, people who believe that way and, and were very, very, I think, devout in their following of Jesus. Yeah. Um, so here's a question too, Zach. It's a little bit of a different vein, but I think it's, I think it follows the same train of thought. You know, there's this, there's this huge category of people called uh, the nuns or the duns. Um, and I think, um, and I have great love and respect. I'm, 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 I'm a pastor, but I almost count myself among them sometimes. Right, um, right. But because I think um, for many people, their tribe of religion, and especially if it's evangelical Christianity, has mm-hmm. become the empire. Yes. And when people start questioning and saying, what about this interpretation about LGBTQ or, um, yes. or about politics or about any number of things, my experience, even in good, good churches, is those people tend to get shunned. Yeah. Not, not usually like, you know, in the, in the caricatured, overt, um, super direct way. Usually it's in the very indirect, weird, uh, and people end up saying, I just, I've tried so many times. Mm. This church is my, the last stop on the train out. And I just, I can't take it anymore. And I yeah. think, um, what, what, what would you say to, uh, and, and I think people that listen to this podcast, there's a ton of those people. So yeah, what absolutely. would you say to, um, to our friends that are struggling that way? Hmm. Yeah. You know, um, I, I think the, the first thing I would say is, is just, yes, <laughs> you know, yeah. yes. Uh, um, I understand uh, yeah. I, I, I understand. I, I even affirm the, the impulse, uh, that, that says I, I can't do this anymore. Um, that says, you know, it's taken so much from me that, uh, I've got to find a way to be healthy and whole again. I've got to find a way to be myself, you know, and to not to uh, pretend or be forced into uh, the mold of of, uh, of of a group dynamic that that doesn't agree with um, with my own sense of self. That that there is um, a reality uh, at work here that must be acknowledged and affirmed. Um, you know, in the book, I. I talk about it as this eruption, uh, an eruption of the real, an eruption of reality, um, where we often get to these points in our lives where um, we have been keeping up appearances and we have been trying to hold things together. And this is especially true uh, in, 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 in the life of faith, where we really want things to work. And so we push and push and push to try to make it work. But then suddenly it just isn't working anymore. And we get to that point where all of it seems uh, like it is about to just explode uh, because uh, it's not real. 
it, it, it's a, it's an illusion. It's uh, something we've perpetuated um, out of a desire, usually a very, very good and well-intentioned and um, um, beautiful, even uh, uh, sacrificial desire uh, to maintain something that we feel is right or good or godly or, or it's something that the Lord requires of us in some way. And then it just blows up in our faces. And, uh, and that eruption of the real uh, is so disorienting and it's so hard. You you find yourself adrift and, and spiritually homeless and you don't know where you belong. And for anyone listening in that place, um, I just want to affirm that you are in a place uh, that is okay to be in. Continue to travel through that place. Don't skip past it. Uh, don't jump out of it. Just travel through God is with you. God, God is not opposed to you um, when you're in that space of homelessness and wilderness wandering. Um, God is with you. God is present and and, and fully present uh, with you in that uh, space. Continue to move through it, uh, knowing that God is there. Your mess, the messiness of that situation, does not uh, put God off or repulse him in some way so that he is distant from you. Um, He's there with you. uh, And he's not afraid of that mess. He's not expecting you to resolve it either. Just travel through. Just move through the wilderness. Just go press, press, press through. You know, the thing that uh, after our our church plant ended, my wife and I went through a very similar season and uh, and have only honestly recently begun to kind of come out of it. And, And and it was a season of doneness, of really feeling totally done. And uh, and the, the the sense that we had during that time was maybe God's just angry <laughs> with yeah. us. Yeah. Maybe God's not even here anymore because, look, we're here and we're so lost uh, um, and, and just adrift. And what, what, where do we belong and what are we supposed to do? And, and, and it was a gradual realization that, no, God's right here in the midst of this. And if we keep moving through, we're going to exit through the wilderness and we're going to find the place of promise and flourishing and belonging. And that's true for, for everyone that's in that space right now. Yeah. And I think I love even some of the language you used right there, Zach, because, you know, that is the biblical story of the Exodus through the wilderness and into the promised land. And that is, you know, to me, yes, historical, but also even deeper than that, it's the human story of, you know, slavery or, or death or even just, you know, if you look at Egypt in the beginning, it was a good place for the Israelites, right? In the time of Moses, yeah. it, it saved yeah. their life, actually. So yeah. the place that saves your life can sometimes turn into death, you know, um, and then when you leave, you go through, there's no, as Richard Rohr says, there's no nonstop flight to the promise from Egypt to the promised land. (laughs) You know, we hate that, but so another way to think about that. And I love what Rohr says is sort of, there's this construction phase and that Mm. might be, you know, the Egypt phase. And then there's the deconstruction phase, which might be the wilderness. And then as you talked about moving through it, there's the reconstruction phase. And, um, you know, the goal is not to go back to construction. The goal is always to, to move forward into the wholeness of reconstruction. Yes. Um, yes. And, and, and I, th- this is what I think. And I think you, you get this and, and, and why I like your book. 
mm-hmm. is is you know even even the even the byline why religion just might bring us back to life you know even using that 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 word religion which among some people can be a real hot you know like oh, why'd you use religion um I, right. I i like that i like that so um so t- you know you mentioned your church plant yes. um tell, tell that story a little bit because uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew Zach, but I planted a church about three years ago. And so I'm very, yes. you know, it's like the world of church plants and will we make it and will we not make it and, <laughs> yes. and, and what's at yes. stake. And, you know, I think we, yes. we all like, we get into it cause we think we're going to save the world and, That's and we got to survive at all costs. And so much yes. is at stake and listen to my voice. You know, it's like, Oh, definitely. Um, That's so, the perfect tone for that. Yeah. One yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a movie trailer, you know, Zach <laughs> left everything to plant a church, you know, um, so epic yeah tell that story tell that story (laughs) yeah well you know i mean as as uh, funny as it sounds in the the movie trailer voice it really it really was uh um that you know uh um my my wife and i had had been serving in a uh very conservative um calvinist baptist uh, church where again my Calvinistic phase had really found uh, um, um, a place to express itself, <laughs> and yeah. uh, I, I was so uh, excited about this no nonsense, no frills, just the gospel, just you know hardcore Calvinistic theology church, yes. and uh, and this is where we invested right after we got married um, for about uh, four and a half or five years, and uh, eventually began doing ministry there, and uh, um, slowly but surely uh, as we were progressing and learning and growing, uh, both in our, our understanding of, of God, but also in our, our, our marriage to each other and our understanding of how that really works, you know, not the, not right. the way we necessarily thought it worked uh, going in, but how it really works. And uh, and then kind of coming to the realization that there was a, you know, a lot of really difficult and harmful things happening in our church environment, including uh, very strict gender roles that, that were very oppressive to my wife and, uh, and, and other uh, theological things around salvation and sin and hell and all of these really deep and dark things that were affecting people negatively, including the, the youth that we were working with. We, we just came to this point of saying, no, we can't do this anymore. This is not us. And, and so uh, in transitioning out of that very conservative Baptist church, we started to uh, move towards something different. And we had some friends who were also in transition, and slowly but surely, um, this little community uh, happened. And uh, and then we, we, we thought, you know, this, this could be church for us. This yeah. could be what we've been looking for. And, uh, and so we went public as a church plant, and um, we saw really amazing things happen, you know, in a very progressive uh, city. At the time, it was listed as the least religious city in the U.S., Burlington, Vermont. Um, we saw lots of the folks who would 
be considered nuns, you know, unchurched people, non-religious people uh, coming into our orbit and even coming to church on Sundays. We saw folks who uh, um, were, you know, in communities that would have been rejected by uh, the conservative churches in the area, feeling at home with us. We saw uh, people uh, um, come to faith and get baptized and young couples get married and, 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 and there was growth and we found a really awesome like warehouse space and it was just fantastic for a while. And, um, <laughs> and, then, and then we hit this point where things started to decline. And, and, uh, and for me, um, it was, it was so anxiety inducing. It was so, um, uh, really just scary and devastating because I had felt a call to ministry from the time I was a kid and, uh, and thought that really like this was it, you know, and, and, and I'd been through so much growing up and, and even in our last uh, church experience, I thought this was really my last shot at this 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 was going to be my life's work this this was gonna I, and we and we went all in me and my wife and i we mortgaged our lives on this thing and and uh and we had you know our first two kids uh, during this thing and uh, and when it all started to kind of unravel um it was just devastating and yeah. uh and that devastation and that anxiety and that depression that 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 sort of ensued especially in just in the final year as things were were unraveling um uh, was just a a a, a, a produced a, a desire in me to try to hold on uh to this thing and to to kind of close my grip and clench my fist around it and uh which created even more unhealth in my own life and uh um and eventually led to everything kind of coming uh to an end um, and of course, underneath the surface, and this was really the eruption that occurred at the end of the church plant, were the deeply ingrained things in my family of origin uh, that began way back in that Texas cult. And all of that came to the surface as well as things came to an end. And it was just a really dark time and, and a really um, destabilizing uh, and disorienting experience, an eruption of the real um, that sent me right into the wilderness. Yeah. Um, just even as you're telling, telling that story, Zach, I can, I can just feel it. I, I you know, I can right. feel all the, all the feelings, all the hope and all the despair and um, all the, you know, all the family of origin issues catches up with you. Because I think most of us do things like plant churches. You know, we have a we have a kernel of, of um, yeah. you know, true good motivation, but it's Absolutely. it's laced with just we have we're trying to prove something, you know, and it's not <laughs> it's like that mixed bag is just there. Like there's yes. no one that escapes that. No, um, no, and, right. and that that pretty much, you know, the grace maybe of God is that it, it gets revealed and, you know, the church may survive or not. Um, but you then are left with facing this. So how did right. you move through that? Mm -hmm. It was, you know, it was a process and, and, and it involved, I think, uh, in a lot of ways, um, being willing to process and being willing to, um, even even publicly processed yeah. to some degree. Really, what I it, it was interesting, and and I write about this a little in the book. But but one thing I experienced was um, that writing became the way um, that I 
um, could see more clearly. Um, writing really was what was uh, able to open my eyes to things and uh, and to help uh, me to continue to move forward into this new reality that was opening up in my life. And that at both a, a spiritual level, a theological level, a, you know, an interpersonal, relational uh, level, and, and an, just an emotional and psychological level, um, to be able to move forward was almost contingent on this process uh, of, of writing and, 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 and using that tool and that, that um, um, you know, that sense of, of uh, well, I'm a writer, this is who I am, so I'm going to use that to make my way through this wilderness. And, uh, and I really felt at one point, I mean, this is kind of a, a, a weird thing, but I really do felt, feel like there was this moment where I was kind of in my most desperate uh, state of just, God, I do not know what to do next. I don't know where this is all going. I'm really kind of at a loss. What, what do I do, and, and I felt that sense of, of God's voice uh, um, uh, in a really profound way. Just keep writing, yeah. And uh, and and really, that's 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 what I did. So I just kept writing, and writing uh, um, brought the kind of incremental, kind of progressive clarity um, that I just desperately needed. And and for for my wife and I, it was this gradually unfolding realization oh this is what has happened to us and oh this is why it's happened to us and oh this is where maybe it's taking us and it wasn't we couldn't see uh, you know um, two feet in front of us when it all started it was gradual and and it was progressive and it was uh, incremental and uh, and it, it's painful but it's good i can say that in retrospect especially yeah uh, it's good it's oh good. it's beautiful yeah okay zach uh, last question um the last section of your book you suggest finding our center going deep and then facing out as That's ways right. to move forward after this great revealing after the apocalypse mm -hmm. um what does that look like to you uh, in your own life, and and how does that play out for the rest of the communities of people that you're talking to? Yeah, yeah, you know, I I think those three things really stand out to me as as both you know at the the micro level of, of just my own my own life and experience and where this this transitional uh, season has brought me, as well as where I think this transitional season that, that we're all experiencing uh, culturally uh, that, that the church is, is, is a part of because we're, we're here in the middle of, of this, uh, of this great uh, shifting and, and tumult that's, that's occurring. Um, it really comes back to uh, some simple <laughs> reorienting uh, um, things. And, and so finding our center uh, is kind of what I mentioned before that we must become Jesus centered. Yeah. And to become Jesus centered, again, you know, we, we're not going to get to this without uh, acknowledging that, um, that abandoning everything entirely, as tempting <laughs> as yeah. it might be, yeah. um, may not sustain us in the end. So if we desire to have this 
flourishing faith and flourishing life that sustains finding our center in Jesus, becoming truly Jesus-centered is the first and, and most important part of that. And, and by that, I, I really do specifically kind of mean the, the, that Jesus, as he appears to us and, and presents to us in the Gospels, is where we have got to find uh, the identity, the core identity of our faith. Yeah. Um, and if we don't go there first and, and primarily, um, I, I have a feeling that we'll get uh, off track into empire business pretty quick. Yeah. And I think we see that happening all around us. Um, there are certainly lots of understandings of who Jesus is and how we might be able to um, attach him, uh, like you said, to our various interests and causes. But, but, but to really center on Jesus as he is yeah. in the Gospels is the first step. Going deep, then, I think, is to say, all right, you know, we need we need to be built on a rock. We need roots that go down deep. How, how does this manifest? And that's where, in my mind, religion comes into play. Religion as the rituals and practices of the faith that give us rootedness and stability. That is the next step in order for us to really sustain as followers of Jesus. We need depth. You know, I, I think there is a, a move, um, a strong move, especially among evangelical folks like us uh, toward relevance. And if we get relevant, well, then we're going to, you know, we're going to be, we're going to see the numbers uh, that we need uh, uh, in these troubled times. You know, we'll, we'll be, we'll still be booming. We'll still be popular. We'll still have um, the numbers that, that will keep us afloat. Um, but relevance such as it is, won't sustain us over the, the longer haul. It might work now. It might get us what we need now, but it's not going to, work over the longer haul. What we need is deep religious roots into the rituals and practices of our faith that have been around for, for millennia. And, and and that's kind of that next step. The, the third part then is face out. Well, what does that mean? I, I think it's, it's, it's that fun buzzword missional, but in the, the, the true and deep sense of the word, which is um, that we begin to see our existence as people of faith as being for the world, uh, um, not uh, in some way for ourselves or for the perpetuation of our thing, um, that we exist for the world. And then we begin to walk in our own giftings and callings for the sake of our neighbors. And that is the simplicity of it. I don't think you need crazy amounts of contrived relevance. I think you just need to to live in your own uh, gifting and calling for the sake of your neighbors. Yes, that, that, that's the essence of 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 mission of of God's mission uh, to bring God's uh, peace and God's justice and God's wholeness to the world. So so that is what we want to be a part of the the, the sign and the foretaste of the kingdom that's coming. And 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 if that means getting a little political, well, you're going to have to get a little political, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're going to yeah. have to engage for the sake of your neighbors. And 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 that's what facing out is all about. But again, it's coming from our center in Jesus. It's coming from our roots in religion. And and then it's moving into um, um, uh, serving and blessing the world. Beautiful. You know, it reminds me of what Robert Mulholland said. He contrasted this sort of phrase that, you know, we've heard so often um, in the world for Christ, you know, and, and, uh, it's sort of, it's sort of colonial and, 
and but but yes. but he would said we're 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 in Christ for the world, mm-hmm. in Christ for the world, mm-hmm. and I like that play, you know, um, because you're right. I mean, we we the facing outward means that we are for the world. We love the world. We, we, yes. we bless our neighbor. We, um, and we do that by being centered in Christ and, and going deep versus, um, versus trying to play the relevance game. I mean, I love, I love <laughs> that. That's so true. And I also think from a church perspective, I mean, I've worked in the church for so many years and it's like this, 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 this attempt to be, culturally relevant seems to me to 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 play right into the consumeristic uh Mm -hmm. thing that 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 we all know is so temporal you know like yeah i mean that that as you say that really may work for a little bit um that's right but it but it doesn't seem to have the roots and i think you know you might say well no you know you got to get them in and then you put the roots but that that feels like bait and switch to me (laughs) You know, it that does. feels it, does. it, it feels like bait and switch to me, and I yes. I don't I don't want to limit what could happen. Who knows? You know, but but right. I, I I would agree with you. So um, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Zach, was there anything that I didn't ask you that you hoped I would have asked you? Hmm. You know, I, I I don't think so. I I mean, I think a a, a parting shot on the idea of of the light is winning i i feel like um you know there is something about that that phrase that that might sometimes come off as the sort of uh positivity without basis <laughs> you know that there's a sense of oh the light is winning all the time and no no big deal and and i and i and i just want to express to to everyone listening or or considering uh you know reading the book that's that's not it in fact you know jesus said uh, um um we come into the light that our deeds might be exposed yeah right and then we walk in the light so that we become a light so that we are a light and i think that process of exposure the 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 truth the the honesty the reality of our lives uh, including uh, the reality of the darkness in our lives is intrinsic to walking in the light for real that the light winning and our hope in that is something that we uh, hold on to in the midst of reality and is not in opposition to it. So whatever anyone is facing in in their real life that uh, seems to run contrary to maybe some of the uh, hyper positive uh, Christian messaging out (laughs) there, the light is winning is saying that even though it's dark, and that darkness is real, yeah. even though the darkness has a lot of territory and the empire seems to be gaining ground. We face that fully with hope Yeah, that light is winning and will fully win in the end. All right, my friend, that was beautiful. So good. Um, so everybody, the light is winning. Why religion just might bring us back to life by Zach Ho. You can get it. Anywhere books are sold, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, Indie Bound, all that, all that good stuff. Um, and you can go, um, uh, you, you can go to zachhogue.com. Yeah, 
Zhoog.com. Zhoog.com. That's right. Okay, and I'll put that on the show notes. Zhoog.com, as well as links to uh, buy this beautiful book. Uh, I think it's hopeful. I think it's timely, and uh, I'm so glad you wrote it, Zach. I loved it. Loved oh, it. Thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, and thanks Thank for being you. on the podcast, man. Um, I really appreciate you taking your time. Oh, thanks for having me, dude. It's been fun to talk for sure. Yeah, man. Well, peace to you and peace to you, this good word listeners. Uh, we are dust and breath. We are limited and limitless. We're human and holy and we're in it together. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, man. Thanks so much for listening. You can follow me on Facebook at Steve Weens Author, Twitter at Steve Weens, and Instagram at Steve Weens. And you can find all my work, all my books, the show notes, all kinds of other fun stuff on my website, steveweens.com. And please consider supporting me on Patreon. Lots of fun benefits for all levels of patrons. Check it out at patreon.com slash thisgoodword. Suburban